Hello, this is Marty. Uh, you're listening to the OKC Span podcast edition on uh, being recorded on February 12, 2024. Um, I'm solo today because Lindley is dealing with some personal stuff. Um, and let's all wish <clears throat> Lindley well. She'll be back. Uh, hopefully later this week we'll have another episode uh, to talk a little bit more in depth about some of the stuff going on around central Oklahoma. I uh, There are a lot of things that uh, I could try to cover today, but instead I'm going to try to keep this short and uh, just say that uh, this is a season of great change it seems like uh, at least in my small world uh, that seems to be the case little changes that are positive like uh, a friend of mine is about to move into a new place and that's he's very excited about it although uh, I hear that this place has a policy <laughs> a policy on dog shit uh, I, uh, I hear, and this is ridiculous, I, it beggars belief, but I hear that they require a sample of your dog's DNA and that when dog poop is not cleaned up on the property, they DNA test it and they will, uh, give you a lease violation if it is your dog. This can't be true, right? I mean, that's That sounds like a threat for suckers. Like, in what world could paying for those lab, for that lab work be worth the cost to an apartment complex? It, it just doesn't... I don't believe it. It could be true. And if you know it to be true, please drop me a line uh, on Twitter or at our email, which is okcspanpod, no punctuation, at gmail. Uh, I think that's a stupid policy regardless, but I, also it's just, surely that's not true. Anyway, uh, that's off topic. It's just that uh, this friend is, you know... Uh, young person and living his life and trying new things and uh, I'm a little jealous. I remember that time in my life. It was a really difficult time in my life, so I'm not too jealous. I, I don't really want to go <laughs> go back to that, but uh, it's just a season of change. Um, I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, have heard that... Um, Mayor of the village, longtime city councilor, and otherwise uh, participant, uh, prominent participant in democratic politics in Oklahoma. Kathy Cummings passed away this weekend after a short uh, bout with cancer and uh, wished to. Uh, Extend my condolences to Sean Cummings and their their kids, 
and uh, the community that uh, that she participated in um, know that that's difficult. I uh, and Lindley uh, both we we talk about death on this podcast quite a bit because it's something we both think about often. Um, I'm going to tell you a story. This weekend, my sister called me on Saturday uh, to tell me that our friend Tony died Friday night. Um, Tony is a couple, couple, three years younger than me. Um, we met in college. Uh, she quickly became part of our our family unit. Uh, she and my sister became best friends, remained best friends uh, the rest of Tony's life. Um, Tony was the default babysitter for my niece and nephew. We were all in the theater department, and you know how nerds are in the theater department. Um, we stayed great friends. I was in her wedding. Uh, when I moved to Portland, Oregon, I lived with her and her husband's a very close friend of mine as well, Travis. Um, I lived with them with my, at the time, my wife, that's our honeymoon was moving to Portland, Oregon. Uh, we lived with Tony and Travis in in a house in southeast Portland, Clackamas area. And after a decade uh, and a half to almost two decades of being friends, uh, during that time, just. There was a lot of toxicity that reared its head, and uh, I'll say that my relationship with Tony got very complicated through that because my wife at the time got very sick, and I felt like a lot of the situation around that illness was very exasperated. Uh, exacerbated by some of the things that were going on uh, around the house and in our lives. And uh, Lindley and I talk a lot about addiction and uh, overcoming addictions, and that that's definitely a part of this story. Um, Tony, Tony was an alcoholic. Um, yeah, Tony struggled with that most of her life. Um, and, you know, co-occurring conditions, of course. Uh, and that includes some some other drugs. And, uh, you know, I uh, got this call on Saturday and I didn't react except for to feel a great deal of empathy for my sister, uh, for losing somebody she loved so much, somebody she with whom she was so close. 
I actually see Tony and Travis got divorced not long after I moved out of that house uh, with my uh, ex-wife um, and moved back to Oklahoma. They 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 divorced. Again, just a lot of toxicity. Well, Saturday I called Travis. Travis had not heard this news yet, and and we talked for a little bit, and he reacted much the same as I did, just pretty flat affect, uh, recognizing, of course, there was a lot of processing to do surrounding this. And what's come to... What I've come to understand over the past few days while encountering this and processing it is that I already mourned Tony a decade or more ago. I grieved for her because the Tony that I knew and the Marty that I knew were abruptly changing so very much that we didn't have the same person, either of us, uh, didn't have, neither of us had the same person in our life that we had had before that, and I had enough of my own toxicity to deal with, and my own, uh, experiences with addiction, and mental illness, and the effort to make my life a little bit more manageable, uh, I realized that I, uh, that relationship had ended a long time ago, and I had mourned her then. I've only seen her once in the last 10 years, and I was trying to explain to Joe Beth that it did, in fact, feel a lot like a ghost. Like there was a person standing next to me who I used to, used to know, and, it, and they kept saying things to me, and I wasn't responding. And it felt like nobody else could see them. Um, that's a difficult thing to that's a difficult thing to uh, to recognize that uh, that you can grieve somebody who's still alive as though they had died. Uh, it may sound disaffected. I, I don't think it is. I think it's just some self-awareness and some recognition of, of what's gone before. Um, the last several days I've been seeing a lot of photographs uh, from friends uh, in that, that college era and shortly after college when we all, when we all were unwritten yet. Um, and that's good, you know, it's really great to get to revisit some of those times. I don't, whether happier times or not, I mean, I know I was definitely very, very uh, wrapped up in mental illness at that time with with no treatment. Uh, uh, I think several of us were in that that group of friends and we were all making art and we were all so earnest about it and uh, we're all in various ways still making art uh, though I don't know if any of us are actually involved in 
theatrical arts any any longer. Um, listen, I know that that's a a tangent, but I think I think it's important to recognize that uh, these issues don't go away. They're not. Uh, I'm not saying they're not escapable. I think. I don't know that I believe in escaping uh, our past. I think the past is to be confronted and considered. And I wish for the Tony that I knew over a decade ago that I wish for her that she had had the self-understanding, the the desire and the resources uh, to perhaps make some changes that that might have saved her life um, eventually or might not have I don't I don't like to think about it but uh, Tony's more than a statistic to us but Tony uh, is very much part of a really disturbing statistic more broadly of Native women born into poverty and injustice in our community and how health outcomes are so starkly diminished uh, by environment and history and history. Um, I don't want to go more into that because it's not my it's not my lane. It's not my place. I'm not an expert. Not that that stops me usually, but, uh, yeah, I just, I guess all of that is to say that I, I hope for you, listener, to have some peace and to have some wholeness in your life, and I, uh, as much as I may go through seasons of hating my life on a day-to-day basis. I'm I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful that I've had the opportunities and the resources to get help that I needed and uh the the self-awareness to to pursue that and that my life uh exists so that I can serve people and try to make a positive in- impact in my community. And for my co-ghost, Lindley, I'm, I'm so fortunate that she is alive and a part of my life. Uh, we've known each other just a year or so now, <laughs> and uh, we're b- both very important to each other. So uh, if that's you out there, uh, a friend of mine who's who's dealt with this kind of thing, I just I want you to know that I'm... I'm grateful you exist. And if you're somebody who's struggling with that now, I, there's no judgment here. I, I don't believe in stigmatizing mental health. I certainly don't believe in stigmatizing drug use. I still use drugs. <laughs> I just don't use my two preferred drugs. <laughs> um, but uh, that's because I couldn't use them in a way that wasn't toxic and harmful to me. And so... I am 
probably not the person to offer you help in those regards, but I sure would love to help you find those resources if I'm able. That's all I have for this week. It's a short one. Uh, there's a lot more to cover. There's uh, still stuff about the jail trust, uh, or the jail trust, the the site for the new jail. Um, some interesting things going on surrounding that, and uh, I hope to talk about that later this week with Lindley uh, uh, in tow. Um, sorry for kind of a downer episode. I, just, I think that's important. Maybe it's more important for me to just talk that out than, than it is for you to listen. Uh, but regardless, I thank you for your time and your continued support. Um, okay, love you, bye.